If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, all right, all right. Welcome back, everybody. Very, very much looking forward to this show. Uh, Me and my guests today have shot the shit quite a bit on Twitter. And I think she's an absolutely fantastic person. And uh, I think her and I think a lot along the same lines. And I know she worked a job that I was kind of interested in before. And uh, I've discovered kind of what got her into the liberty sphere, if you will, or at least what put her in some controversy before. So I'm excited to talk about that today. So before we get into that, make sure you go to all the links below to check out all my stuff, everything I got going on, the band, the supplements, um, the electrolytes, you name it whatever a couple new shows coming up for a common crown and stuff like that so um without any further ado let's rock and roll what is up everybody my name is kyle matovic i am the host of the in liberty and health podcast where we talk all things liberty health and wellness and beyond my hope is to encourage and spread the message of liberty and physical and mental well-being I hope you enjoy all the topics we talk about with our guests. We're on all major streaming platforms, so please sit back, relax, and enjoy. Man, I'm doing as good as anyone can do getting buried by his 13-year-old son on leg day. (laughs) I'm not going to apologize for not being on this podcast because I got to go see Metallica. So if that's a problem, kiss my ass. I am. All right. All right. Welcome today, Roth Birdian. How are you? Hello. Good, good. Thank you, Kyle. You know, I feel like you and I have talked before, but we haven't. I just feel like we have. Um, we were on the Black Flag podcast for their first time. Oh, episode. yes. That's right. That that yeah. That would be where we first I think probably talked online face to face, but I yeah. know we've followed each other ever since I kind of came onto Twitter and became a public yeah. person. Um, you know, kind of like we were talking off air. Um, I don't say yeah. much to my dismay, but <laughs> a little bit to my dismay, but you know, I I wouldn't change a thing. Um, I've met so many fantastic people through this whole yeah. uh libertarian movement, and like I said, I wouldn't change it for the Same. world. So I guess before we kind of go digging down the rabbit hole there, um, give the listeners a introduction of who you are and uh, what you got going on. And even before that, I just want to thank you for kind of coming on on short notice as well. Sure. Um, I am, I live in New Hampshire. I'm one of the people that has finally moved to New Hampshire as part of the free state project. Um, I promise I will not badger you about it. Um, but I, I think it's really important for people of similar values to be near each other and try to have each other as neighbors. And in a world where you cannot convince, to, where you cannot, conv- where you cannot like convince normal people to value the things that you value. I think it's important to be around people that do value the things that you value. Mm-hmm. So I just um, moved up north to be near my ilk. 
I'm a blue collar girl, although that's not my main identity. I don't define myself by what I do, but it's been a really positive change in my life to go from working a desk job, analyzing data to be working with my hands. And I think that's really freeing. And I think that has given me more freedom than reading any book about a libertarian philosophy ever has. Um, and I tend to piss off a lot of people on Twitter because I think it's fun. And I probably saw something terrible about, about me, but I don't care. And I moved to the U.S. from Russia when I was 10. So I, I've been here for quite a while. And that's about it. Um, I've been libertarian-minded since I was 17. So when I was 17, I discovered Ron Paul and Ayn Rand and started calling myself a libertarian when I was about 23, 24. I discovered Molyneux and then I went down the rabbit hole. And now I kind of wouldn't identify myself as an ANCAP or give myself any kind of label. Specifically, I think the beautiful thing about getting older is that you stop caring. You just want more freedom for your ilk. You want to punish people that are not your ilk, if that is ever at all possible. And you just want to be physically removed from the people that hate your guts. So I don't have much of an opinion anymore, if that makes sense. <laughs> no, and, I can't. Uh, yeah, yeah I, I, I completely understand. I empathize with the position quite a bit because um, I do see some libertarians in the way they act. And I realize like that is not who I am. And when I had Dave Smith on him and I kind of talked about this a little bit where like he's done a good enough job of marketing himself as kind of like the libertarian. And we're like the progressive libertarians aren't necessarily like a major of the market share. But um, I'm sure you're just aware of this as I am because I think you and I are thinking along the same wavelengths here that um, people are going to look at the worst members of the group and identify the group solely with them. They're not going to look at the best of the group. They're going to look at the worst of the group every single time. And I think that's more human nature than it necessarily is like a political thing. I think in, I'm guilty of this as well when it comes to like looking at behavior certain women have <laughs> I yeah. on Twitter. And the first thing I'll do is say, oh, well, women do this. Woman does woman thing. But, you yeah. know, I, I don't give credit perhaps where it's due to the wonderful people like yourself, like my wife and like um, other women that I've interacted with, my singer and my band for fuck's sake, that, um, you know, don't really fit those trends. Although, you know, I think all of us kind of in some manner or another do overlap with some of the worst members of our group, but we just hope that we shine through as the better examples. Yeah. And like, maybe it's not even that, maybe it's not even like the bad examples that share your title. It's just that I lived through the lockdowns in Boston, Massachusetts. I lived in a blue city of a blue state through the time when people were, spraying their Amazon packages with hand sanitizer mm -hmm. as they came down from their work at home job and complained to you about the fear of grabbing their Amazon packages. Mm -hmm. And I would get kicked off the trains in Boston because they refused to wear a mask and all of that stuff. And you come to think of, I don't give a shit what our philosophy is anymore. I want those people to hurt 
and I want my ilk not to hurt. It, I, the most primitive approach ever is that I don't have to root this argument in individual rights. I can just say, this is what I want. These are the people that are standing in the way of what I want. I want to be away from them, right? And what my fiance has said that I have arrived at being a woman 10 steps removed, right? Is that you, I, it all looped back into, I want to favor my interests and I want to be away or somehow discourage people that do not favor my my interests, right? And there used to be a time when you would talk about Mary Rothbard and all his philosophy, and I was one of those people, and I was like, no, those people suck. I don't care what's right. I don't care if an individual store owner on the corner if your block wants to ask people to wear masks and you don't respect this individual property rights, if you don't wear a mask, I'm like, I don't care anymore. I don't care if it's private business or not. I, I live through this in a blue city of a blue state. I don't care anymore. I just, I want things that are not in my interest not to happen and things in my interest to happen. Mm-hmm. And, Maybe that's really simple-minded, but I'm comfortable with that, right? Yeah. It's, it's it's really not about like the gay it, the gay examples that share my former title or my current title. I don't know, but it's more just that you stop trying to root your arguments in something deep. Mm. You're just like, eh. Yeah, I mean, well, I, I've heard it said, and uh, I'm sure you're familiar with Pete Quinones. But- yes. His uh, philosophy, or I shouldn't say his philosophy, but what he talks about is basically, you know, playing politics is, you know, punishing your enemies and then rewarding your friends. And I think at a certain point, you got to realize that like, hey, this isn't really realistic. I was going back and forth with somebody who um, (laughs) uh, a mutual friend of ours had put out a poll saying that uh, is it. Is it considered a violation or like aggression if you're blaring music from your house and you're disturbing your neighbor's like sleep or something like that to the point yeah. where you're disturbing their sleep? And I said, yes. And I think that person should be punished if they don't listen to like, a, like, hey, if I go up to my neighbor and he's revving the shit out of his hot rod at 11 o'clock yeah. at night. And if I go over there and say, hey, please stop that. You know, my wife and I are trying to go to sleep. We got to go to work tomorrow. Like if that person does not stop doing that, then I think they should have every single right to be thrown into, you know, to a jail cell. If they're not going to listen to reason, they're going to continue to, you know, pollute, disturb the peace, essentially. I live somewhere where everybody is going to say, well, I have to be philosophically consistent. And the neighbor that's over there, you know, doing Burning Man in his yard while I've maintained my yard beautifully living next to somebody like that. And I think that if somebody's living like that next to me and they're making the neighborhood overall worse, I'm sorry. I think that should, that person should have to pay. I'm not saying that you should go over there and like put a bolt in their skull, but yeah. I'm saying this person, they're disrespecting, you know, the community and the overall value of the society that we're trying to build. Yeah. And, and you could go on for days artistically arguing about where does your property end? Right. 
And then you could argue, well, what's the extent of the violation? When should you argue for the government to step in? When should you argue physical force to step in? And just to just plug the Free State Project really quickly, the idea of gathering around like-minded ilk is that if one of your neighbors shows up and says, hey, can you please turn it down? There will be a slightly higher likelihood than one of your neighbors asking you to turn it down to somebody you actually care about, right? And that said, um, we are planning to move further north of the border of New Hampshire and Massachusetts next year, mm-hmm. right? So, which which makes me sad, but it's um, the goal is in my mind is I'm not going to persuade anybody. I don't have any political or philosophical hopes. I, I just want to be away from people I don't like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, it's funny is uh, that, that kind of reminds me of the way that uh, I'm sure you probably watched my show with Ryan Stone. But um, yes, I, I've, I've kind of had to come around on like nihilism and stuff like that. Yeah. And he uh, he always shares this picture that like one side will say like, oh, nihilism or what people think nihilism is. And it says, yeah. oh, nothing matters. And it shows yeah. somebody like absolutely miserable and you're like despot. And then the second picture shows somebody that's like happy and celebrating. Yeah, and like no, nothing, nothing matters. matters. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. So, well, the beautiful part about that is that, oh, well, if nothing matters, then that means I get to decide what matters. What does. Yeah. It like also, it's not up to somebody yeah. else. It, it almost sounds like existentialism, which is something that I fell in love with in high school when I read a play called Rosencrantz and Guildenstern are Dead, which is if you're ever in a mood to read a play that's like an existential, like that's existential joke off of like Shakespeare mm-hmm. about how life means nothing but because it means nothing, you get to create your own meaning and I'm making it sound really cheesy. But if if you like the idea of this and you read this, you might find it entertaining, right? But like, I think there's something really freeing in just saying, I am not going to try to make a philosophical argument for everything that I prefer in my own life, mm-hmm. right? Or like, this seems right. I'm going to do this. This doesn't seem right. I'm not going to do this. Or this seems right. I prefer this to happen. Or this does not seem right. I prefer this doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Well, and that's kind of why somebody got into it with me once over saying that, oh, well, men tend to prefer women in their early 20s. Just when surveyed. Like, this isn't this isn't putting Kyle, morality. Kyle, you are a misogynist and yeah, well, are asking said, oh. men not to step up. It, well, essentially, it was like, oh, well, why are you even talking about women's age? I'm, I, I'm just saying, yeah. when men are asked, this is what they say. Yeah. This has nothing to do with morality. This has nothing to do with how much a woman's worth. This is just what men say when they ask. When you start yeah. interpreting most things that happen, most things that you read, and just about everything, when you start interpreting that as like, oh, this is just like a tool. This is just a literally a bit of information. Can I use this? Can't I use it? If I can't yeah. use it, who cares? Throw it away. Yeah. If I can use it, then okay, well, how can I apply this to make my life better? This is how I use science to make my life better. Now, there are definitely anecdotal things that I do that I'm like, okay, well, there's no science for this, but I feel good doing it, so I'm going to do it. And there's other people who will say, oh, well, th- there's no science backing this, so I'm not going to do it. Well, why don't you just kind of, you know, once again, pick and pull what works for you. Find yeah. what, you know, works for you and your personal life and kind of move from there. 
so many people want like this perfectly rational reasoning to do something or to not do something. Why don't you just figure out what like makes your life optimal and kind of move from there? Yeah. And I, th I think that our elk has a need to contextualize every preference and the deep philosophical argument. Right. And I just don't care anymore, you know, and well, maybe I, that's the beautiful thing about getting older is that you don't care anymore. Yeah. And, and well, you know, it's funny is that I guess I've probably had the blessing where I've grown up as a relatively social person. So mm -hmm. I'm definitely different than the average libertarian is in. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I've, I've worked a blue collar job my entire life around mm -hmm. different groups of people from two different States now at this point, and then have got out to a bunch of concerts and then, you know, had good experiences with women throughout my childhood and even good experiences with like police. Um, and then obviously yeah, my dad. Yeah. Being, I, yeah. And, 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 and I have two. Like yeah. I dad, see a cop yeah. car, I don't feel anxious. I used to work with cops, so I, yeah. I, I, I don't have that feeling, you know? Right. And while my dad being a shop owner as well, I'd like, you know, I had a long or, you know, like a big community already around me. So like, I, I realized that like, if I walk up to these people, and I start trying to explain libertarian philosophy or start things from like, do you know that all cops are bastards? You <laughs> took your yeah. job yesterday and you're the same as a person that wants to kill me on on the block mm -hmm. right yeah that, you just turn your badge in and say that you're a murderer right Are and then also my ilk now right have yeah, i convinced put, you put put your family uh, you know into absolute poverty yeah when you have a good job that pays you well and like the way that i always try to like approach the people that are libertarians to say like hey not everybody is like us. Like these people don't have the same worldview that we do. They don't look at this person driving down the road speeding and saying, oh, is this a private property violation? If Or is this a, you know, a violation of the non-aggression principle if I'm pulling this person over? They say, no, I was taught these rules. Um, I believe I'm protecting and serving the community that I serve. And I have a quota to meet. So therefore, I'm going to do this. The, the, yeah. There's no libertarianism up here for like the vast majority of people. Yeah. And the sooner you kind of like accept that and accept that, that, that that's probably going to remain that way, you'll probably be a little bit better off. Because once again, this is just information. You don't have to get mad, sad, angry, whatever about it. It's just the way it is. And yeah. then you can do your part to make it better. But chances are you're never going to see a libertarian utopia. So you might as well work with that information and see what you can do to make your own life better. And here's an argument. How much do you actually have to convince them? Right. Like I've at my previous job, I worked alongside, like I've dealt with cops, right? Mm -hmm. I never have tried to convince them of my philosophy. Mm -hmm. I got along with them well. They were not wearing a mask. I wasn't wearing a mask. They were acting normal at a time when a lot of people in a blue city in a blue state were not acting normal. Mm -hmm. I don't give a shit beyond that. Right. Right. Like that there is a, I think there's this idea that you must preach your values to everybody all the time. And if you're not, that's bad. Or I, I care about things that affect me in my daily life. Right. And I really like that, like we talked about like 3D printing guns and then we, we talked about COVID policies and we like that. 
I, I, I don't, my goal in life isn't to change the philosophy of people I happen to meet. Um, which isn't to make an argument about our cops bastards. Yeah. That's just to say, like, in my immediate work life, what is my goal? My goal is to get along with people and to have people I like around me. And, right. and maybe that's it. Right. And, and I think a lot of people, when it comes to libertarian philosophy, I, I hate to say it because it is almost like a cliche, but it's almost yeah. like a religion where you feel yeah. like you have to evangelize. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, if that is your goal, then wouldn't the best way to do this be to be the best person that you could possibly be? So that way you are somebody that's admirable and someone yeah. wants to emulate. Like yeah. if you have to be right all the time, people don't like that. I've never yeah. met anybody that likes the person that cannot not have the last word like yeah. i'm sure universally people find those fuckers insufferable so yeah. when you have to have the last word and you especially have to end it on like a moral note you know you're sanctimoniously preaching about how you're so much better than everybody else because you're a libertarian um i can't think of anything that would make people hate those people more and you know i just made this connection but like i can't think of anything that would make somebody hate you know, a group of people more than being that person. Um, the, the one thing that came to mind as soon as I said this, and it's funny because I never connected this, but like yeah. Subaru drivers are the reason why I hate Subaru so much <laughs> because I swear to God, every single fucking Subaru driver was the dude that was given, you know, the shocker to a high school girl when he was like 28 years <laughs> old, his WRX with blue, that was painted blue with gold <laughs> wheels. I swear to God, I hate those people so much, but you know what? The, the cars probably aren't as bad as yeah. the people. But their owners yeah. are the worst kinds of people. Yeah. That's normally the first thing I go for. <laughs> yeah. And oh, sorry. And I, I, I just think at times when like things get worse, you think about what's going to affect your immediate life versus what's going to affect your like, like your like philosophical framework. And then once your immediate life is more under pressure, you just think about your immediate life. And you think about like, who's going to bitch about me wearing a mask or not, or who's going to come to my workplace wearing a mask. Right. And I, I would always comment about how, like I used to work for a right wing business back when I was in Boston and like, nobody talked about Hoppe or Murray Rothbard or anything. We had like 10 blue line stuff everywhere. Yep. But you know what? Nobody wear a mask. I could talk to cops about 3D printing guns. Mm -hmm. I I could be myself. I just never went up to be like, have you heard of Murray Rothbard about property rights? And have you heard that all cops are bastards, including you? Right? Like I never went that far. Right? It, it it's just that I wear my don't tread on me t-shirts to work all the time. People liked it. That's as far as it goes. Maybe you want people that are your allies to the extent it matters in the current moment. And you don't need to autist to them about something deeper or more specific or just maybe accept people that like you and don't want to see you locked up in your apartment. Right? Maybe. And maybe this is dark or maybe this is really freeing. I don't know. 
Yeah, I honestly think it's pretty freeing. And I talked to Pete about this last time he was on. But, um, you know, I, I kind of like the boomers that I work with. I really do. Um, You know, my one parts guy every single morning. Yeah. Um, I shouldn't say every single morning. But, like, a lot of the time, him and I just shoot the sh Kyle, I think I lost you. Um... I'm going to message you. On Shit about Twitter. like smoke. Okay. Are we good? Okay. Yes. Yes. Sorry. I okay, was just sorry. about to text you. Like uh, uh, you said you should, you shoot the shit with him. And then I lost you and I was about to, to like, you know. Okay. It looks it. like my, oh. internet, yeah, my, my internet can be a little bit fussy sometimes, but um, it's okay. uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> Super it's okay. lesbians are also a substantial demographic. I'm um, disregarding them as homophobic. Uh, that is my know, fiance. <laughs> If, if I am homophobic for uh, disregarding them, then I am a homophobe by all means. And, yeah, uh, he's being he's sarcastic. <laughs> I, I kind of figured. Yeah, um, yeah. But uh, yeah, my one, uh, he's not like a boomer, but he's like my dad's age, which is uh, my dad's 54. So like, you know, him and I just shoot the shit about cooking food all the time. Yeah. And like, you know, I don't, I don't sit there and preach a foreign policy stuff. But, you know, what's funny is that like, I don't talk political stuff with him unless yeah. he asks. If he yeah. brings it up, then, you know, we'll have, a we'll have back and forth about it. But I never just leap right into the conversation like him. And that's kind of the way that I think people need to be about it because it's a very, very contentious topic. I think you kind of want other people to feel like they're comfortable enough around you to trust your judgment on stuff to bring it up to you. Like I've, I've worked with dudes who just can't wait to kick down the door and tell everybody about, about their political beliefs and not like libertarians, like hardcore, just like boomer cons. And it is like the most disgusting behavior in the world. And nothing makes you want to like, just avoid where that person's at. And somebody and libertarians yeah. do this kind of shit too. And I'm sure even fucking Democrats do the shit, but like just people kick in the door and can't wait to bring down the mood and speak about you know very very specific political stuff i'm like come on man you're <laughs> we had a vibe going here we're talking about yeah. like eating barbecue and drinking beer and then what what are you coming oh well what about trans and the kids or something like that like oh man you just ruined the moment although to be fair that works for like our ilk and the right however you want to define it you know, I would define myself as the right at this point, which is crazy to say, but I would, right? But it's like, I would have very much differing opinions about like, another version of transing the kids coming in and blasting their political opinions, right? But that's why I work a blue collar job where you're not going to find a lot of like, men, because like, at least right now, I went deeper blue collar, my field is 96% men, right? You're not gonna find a man like a man walking like, "Hello, have you heard about transing the kids? I think it's great, right?" Like, you're you're not gonna have that shit, right? But I I think that like those people do that. I would just want to be physically away from, out of the workforce. From there is a reason like I left academia, I left marketing research, I left like the entire field that sits at a desk and analyzes data. I want to be physically away from all those people, right? Because there is like one thing about ignoring boomer cons on topics you disagree with them as and finding common ground, right? There is another difference with like leftists that 
you understand if they knew all they know about you they would hope to see you locked up but that yeah. doesn't need to be a great battle you fight on the internet mm-hmm. or imagine yourself fighting it can just be like you physically remove yourself right you move to a different state you move to a different job you're away from the people i wish you harm and you try to create something good without them right yeah and i think that's really like the prosperous vision that i think a lot of people should aspire towards and it's kind of why like i think i was so attracted to the post-libertarian moment if you will and not that i'd necessarily label myself that i'd still consider myself a libertarian and like an anarcho-capitalist at heart but like, yeah. you know, you, you, we all understand this is like fantasy lane that we're yes. talking about. This, yes. is, this is like real communism yes. at this point. <laughs> like, ideally, yes, but practically, I just want a nice Republican. That, that, that's all I hope for. Yeah, I mean, I just want to be able to like play music on the weekends and not yeah. be taxed too much. And, yeah. you know, I mean, I, I live a good life as it is. But like, man, if I didn't have to pay the copious amounts of tax every single year, every single year I'll look at my pay stub and then seeing like, the difference between <laughs> what you earn yeah. and yeah. what you take home is just startling. Yeah. The literal tens of thousands of dollars that I pay in taxes. I think, well, you know, my wife and I like to go to Florida and like beaches and drink margaritas. I always joke that it's like peel and eat shrimp and margaritas. That's <laughs> like the dream for me. I, I, yeah. How many times could I do that over and over and over and over again? Yeah tax so fucking exponentially and like that's all i want man and you know maybe like have a bigger house on a plot of land so we could have dogs and kids running around and shit but like you know they're living in a blue state that they make it very very difficult so and but now i'm not <laughs> people throw uh DeSantis shit but like yeah. you know there's something to be said for a executive kind of like him down in florida yes. that uh protected the people that that played politics, right? He played the left's game where he rewarded his friends and punished his enemies. And, yeah. you know, you could say that's authoritarian, but it yeah. works. Um, yeah. I mean, there, you, you don't pull out like, of a 20 point lead that, you know, by pissing people off. I could make some really deep philosophical ar- ar- argument about Sterner and the rights you have and the rights we're willing to protect, that if any right you push for is moral to push for, right? Like, I don't give a shit anymore. Sterner, not sterner, right, not right, whatever you want to define them as. I just I just hope the next time it cracks down that I'm I hope that I'm in a good enough state that there will be enough people that share my interests that I'll be able to leave and to have a normal life. Right? And but you can make these arguments for like what are rights? Rights don't exist. So therefore, what else, what is moral is to push for your self-interest. But I don't care anymore. Is it moral to push for your self-interest? Is it normal to push for your self-interest? I, I, I just, 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 right? And maybe if I was somewhere more south, I would have moved to Florida mm-hmm. instead of New Hampshire. I'm not going to be one of those people that say that New Hampshire or bust, that's the only place, right? Right. Yeah. And I, everybody wants me to move up to New Hampshire, but like, first of all, sorry, Pennsylvania, we are fucking broken poor here. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, but I mean, that's, that's a good thing and a bad thing because yeah. the cost of living here is very, 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 very affordable. The cost of living in New Hampshire is not nearly as cheap as it is here. Yeah. And Florida is probably on par with New Hampshire, 
but I would never have to pick up a snow shovel again in my life. So <laughs> listen, yeah. that is very, 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 very right. tempting for me. And I, I will never be one of those people that tells you what I think is better for your right. life. Exactly. Right. No, it's it just, it, it, there's just an argument to be made about like, do you want to be around people that hate you on average less than the people that hate you on average that live around you right now? Right. Yeah. But I, I am over having a philosophical argument for my preferences. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's dumb or maybe that's insightful, but I'm not going to claim it's either. Yeah. I mean, why? That's probably dumb. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of at the same point. So, like, when I see people debating religion and stuff like that and all the differences between religion, it, it always kind of baffles me because to them, I'm sure it's the most important thing in the world. Yeah. But to me, I'm like, you guys all kind of – once again, I'm speaking from complete total ignorance here, and I'll be yeah. the first one to admit that. But, like, looking at all the people, you know, Protestantism, Orthodoxy, Christianity, um, Catholicism, when I see all those people arguing, I'm like, you guys all yeah. kind of, like – come to the same conclusion so i don't understand why you're debating nuances so heavily and once again to them i'm sure it's the most important thing in the world and they feel that they have to do this to me i'm like i don't nobody knows definitively if any of this shit is true so why spend years debating this stuff like to me that just seems like a waste of time but once again i'm I'm completely ignorant in this topic and i am too I just usually see it on my feet. Like, I guess you guys really care. I wish I understood why it mattered as much as it does. And sometimes I feel like I have a sense of why some aspects matter to the extent that they do. But I'm I'm in no like position to offer a comment or an opinion or you know it's um it's it's interesting to be in this you know position where. I don't believe in God, but my fiance and I would prefer to raise our kids believing in God. I I, I really understand that more than you know. Like, my yeah. wife is yeah. My wife is religious. Now she doesn't like practice or anything like that. Yeah. But I'm agnostic, and yeah. uh, I, if if anything, I would be. I'd be fine if my kid came up to me and said, Hey, you know, this is what I believe. Yeah. And it is, you know, of this sect for religion. I, <laughs> what am I going to do? No, no. I, yeah. Okay. Right? <laughs> That's and, you. And, you know, I, hopefully I did a good enough job raising you that you're a uh, autonomous and responsible adult who's able to, you know, live a good life. I think that's what anybody hopes for, you know, people around them and the people that they're responsible for is that, you know, they go on to be autonomous beings who can, you know, make a good lives for themselves. Yeah. And it's like, you know, we're, we're probably getting married like in a few months mm-hmm. and we want to start having kids right away. And I am this heathen atheist Jew, but at the <laughs> same time, I genuinely believe that if we raised our kids Christian, it will be better for them, mm-hmm. right? And I will never be the person that says I believe in X, Y, Z when I don't believe in X, Y, Z. But I also will not be the person to say, hey, I buy, 
by the way, I think there is no God. I think you're living soon decaying matter on a rock in space and nothing has meaning, have fun, right? Right. I, I, I just think it's an it's an interesting position to be in to be somebody that like doesn't believe in God, who thinks that believing in God is a wonderful thing. Right. And I'm I'm definitely with you there. And, and it is a very, very weird phenomena. But I think it comes from the place of like, we look at it as I hate this because I know this is going to come with a bunch of a priori assumptions yeah. about what we're saying is it's almost utilitarian where you kind of say like, oh, well, I see the positive outcomes yeah. about it for other people. Therefore, yeah. um, you know, if somebody else believes in that and it's good, then OK, that's fine. And it kind of goes back to a point earlier where like when you look at the stuff's information, you're like, can this help me? Can it not? Um I think that's good. So like, obviously I've talked about a lot of like the red pill manosphere kind of stuff. And which I love, by the way, (laughs) I, 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 I love this content, even though it doesn't apply to me, but -hmm. for some reason I find it like so comforting and soothing to listen to it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, well, I'm glad glad somebody does because I'm not sure. Um, it seems up in the air, but I mean, it seems like I get a good response from when I talk about this kind of stuff, but, um, you know, I, I, I really like the explanation of you're giving people tools in a toolbox, right? Yeah. Where like, you know, obviously Rolo or Ryan will both pretty much say that like, Hey, all this stuff is Who just. Both I love. And I yes. listen to, I fall as I fall. I go to bed with Rolo's voice in my head so much. And I'm not even his audience. Mm-hmm. Right. But like for five minutes as I'm falling asleep, mm-hmm. just a, few minutes of his voice talking about his latest episode and the next night i rewind to where i left off and repeat i'm not even this audience i'm an engaged woman like who cares how does this apply to me but it's so soothing and it's interesting right. sorry i i don't no. mean to get off track no you're okay no no we're yeah. we're on track yeah. there's no track here so okay you're plenty yeah good. <laughs> yeah but like uh, you were kind of saying that it, it it doesn't mean that you should go one way or the other way it just means that you're given information and you can decide what you want to do with it right and that's like the whole deal with religion too is that like i don't see religion is necessarily like the end all be all like this is a total toolbox so this is why i get annoyed when like religious people want to shoot down the manosphere stuff because yeah. like well that isn't the tool like your tool is religion and this has, you know, specific uses in specific places. The Manosphere has specific tools for specific places. Find what works and go from there. Like for me, I'm a mechanic. I can tell you how to fix yeah. a car, but I can't tell you how to replace the AC unit in the house or how yeah. to replace a roof, right? <laughs> I, I can give yeah. you the, like the literal tools, but I yeah. cannot do that. That's, that's not my wheelhouse. So like everybody wants their ideology to be like the end all be all when sorry it's not libertarianism by itself is not complete republicanism you know yes. being a democrat all these ideologies are not like the end they're not the end all be all these are just kind of you know oftentimes now they're almost like placeholder terms to move on to a larger idea where like you know okay well when you say republican when you say libertarian when you say democrat you already have a bunch of like a priori assumptions mm-hmm. about these words that you get an image of and you kind of move on from there. But like, you know, I guess that kind of circles back to the beginning of the conversation, why it made, you know, like, I don't really care about being called a libertarian anymore. I still consider yeah. myself a libertarian, but like if people say that, Oh, well, you're an all right Nazi because you don't think that we should mutilate little kids, then yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, it looks like I'm an all right Nazi then. 
Yeah. And I feel like I kind of come from the opposite perspective where I, I genuinely believe that libertarianism should be categorized as right wing. I hope it does, but also like, how could I, how could I call myself right wing? Like how, given all of the things in my life that right wingers would be upset about, mm-hmm. right? Like, I'm not going to pretend I've been an innocent little girl and that I'm younger than I am and that I haven't done the things that I've done or I'm not going to be like, I am so sorry for all of the sin in my life and it was totally wrong. I'm so sorry. I'm repenting, right? I, I, I'm not going to say any of that stuff, right? And I'm not going to adopt all of the views that other people that call themselves, that call themselves right-wingers hold. Yet I genuinely believe that libertarianism should be branding as a right-wing philosophy if it has any chance at all. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talk about that. And like, it's so weird because I, it's almost like, what does right-wing mean anymore, really? And like, if you boil it down to like the traditional meaning of, you know, right-wing being hierarchical values and understanding mm-hmm. that, you know, there are natural hierarchies and then um, leftism being the rejection of hierarchy and, you know, basically promoting equality, mm-hmm. then yeah, I agree. I'm a right-winger in that respect. But like to the average person that we talk to, they don't, they don't know that they don't think about that. That's not what comes in their mind. As soon as you say right winger or left winger, like to the vast majority of people, when you say right wing, they think Donald Trump because they think yeah. they say, you know, Republican is right wing. Therefore right wing is Donald Trump because he was the last president. And then you say left and people say, okay, well, Joe Biden, Joe Biden's Democrat. He's left. So um, I, I agree on that, but like, I, I do question the utility of that in today's world, but like yeah. on like the, the ground level, I think that's true, though. That is a right wing ideology because libertarianism does basically highlight the individual and property rights, and some people will have a great and hierarchies, exactly. Right? Yes, and absolutely. hierarchies, right? Which is why I say that I think if I took take myself aside, I really hope that anything liberty oriented gets categorized as right wing because of hierarchies and individual differences not being all great to be adored right like some people are better than other people that's the difference between left wing and right wing right but that like the some aspects of it right wing i'm like okay so i hope what i believe in gets categorized as right wing and yet like I've had great many a Coke nights and I'm not wearing a white dress when I get married in a few months. Okay. So like, does this mean I'm, I can never call myself this, even though I believe that my views should be categorized as this mm-hmm. or should I just not ever mention it? Or like, should I, 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 I just think that like, I think it was Michael Malice that actually talked about like the idea that some people are better than others. And that's the greatest distinction between right wing and left wing. But nobody besides us who have read Michael Malice will give a shit about what Michael Malice has said. Mm-hmm. But I hope it does get branded as right wing because I think that people that identify as right wing are people we could reach easier or people that want to hurt us less. 
than people that don't. I know. No, 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 you're good. Yeah, no, I, I, I generally agree. And like I said, it's, it's, I come from the world of all right wingers just being in the automotive industry for <laughs> Jesus Christ. I can't believe fucking 11 yeah. years, almost 11 <laughs> years at this point. It, it feels like literally yesterday I was stepping into a Chevy dealership, yeah. making minimum wage, and yeah. then here I am fucking 10 years later. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, yeah, white dresses aren't even traditional anyways. Okay. Well, I mean, that brings up the question of like, well, who's tradition and what do you define as traditional? Because what's traditional to, you know, the U S right may be different than, I don't know, let's say the Russian, right. The Chinese, right. Or whatever, like mm-hmm. who's, who's defining what traditional is. I mean, if in my mind, as long as you're, if we're going by, I don't say the trad playbook, but like, you know, if we're saying traditional, then, you know, you get married, it's one man, one woman, closed on his end, closed on her yeah. end, and that's that. So, which is what you, we're going to do, right? And who cares from that? Yeah. You know, and I, I used to get real bent out of shape about like open relationships and stuff like that, yeah. but like, I don't know, it seems yeah. like most of those situations usually blow up in people's faces, anyways. So, yeah. like, I'm not going to finger wag at those people, yeah. it, it just and like, and like, like I won't finger wag either. I think it works to the extent that it works, right. I will not be the one to claim that only closed works or only open works or like I I've done both, right? I fell in love with somebody that's a hardcore hoppian that wants a traditional marriage with everything else involved in that, where the goal is that I quit my job soon. I'm in the kitchen, we make babies, and we go on from there, right? And that makes sense to me with him. And I will not make any greater arguments besides what makes sense to me with him, and he's the one that I want, right? I will not be here be like, well, actually, I've discovered blah, blah, blah is the right way to live. Mm-hmm. And blah, blah, blah is the right, this wrong way that I've lived, right? Right? Like, I, I'm not going to pretend to be smarter than I am. Right. Well, that's a very, very, um, what's a humbling thing to yeah. realize is that like, Hey, you don't always have to be the smartest person in the world. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I'm wrong about shit all the fucking time. As I was just saying earlier about religion, um, I have no earthly motherfucking idea yeah. what the fuck I'm talking about. Uh, people are going to do what they want. Anyways, people who are very controlling tend to forget that free will exists. I mean, you know, in my mind, when it comes to relationships with, if we're talking about like closed on both ends, um, I think a woman who truly admires a man um, will take his last name and then generally, I don't want to say serve his will, but um, will do things that she thinks are in his best interest because she realized that that's in her best interest as well. And I think that if, you know, if you as a guy are getting resistance from a woman who doesn't want to take your last name or doesn't want to move in, or, you know, you're getting a lot of resistance, then you should think like the medium is the message, right? Like mm-hmm. what is, what are her actions telling you? Her actions are telling you that she doesn't want to do this with you. And you could say she doesn't want to do this, but you should always add with you at the end because you are the man in the relationship. And you know, that's you're generally, you should be in the lead. You should be kind of guiding your own path. Right. Yeah. And, and I think that, like, I don't want to get autistic, 
right? You're good. You're good. Don't worry. We're all. I I, right I, I I think that there is a difference between between like being entirely poly, and like couples having sex with other couples, and right. But like that's it doesn't matter if you feel passionate enough to defend it, right? If you feel passionate enough to defend it, it it's kind of showing something. Mm-hmm. But like one of the reasons we really want to get like legally married soon is so I can take my fiance's last name. Even though like I wear my engagement ring and he wears his wedding ring and i actually wear my like my work version of my wedding ring on top of my engagement ring just because like just as a side comment i i work a blue collar job i uh i bang my hands a lot against stuff um yeah right and so, like, I have a work version of what is my engagement ring and my wedding ring. But now my engagement ring is um, is too big for my finger because I guess I've been good enough at losing weight. So I wear the work version of the wedding ring on top of it all the time so it can hold the engagement ring better so it doesn't fall off. Right, but like we're at this point where we just think, like, okay, so we want to say our vows to each other. Our vows are what's going to be the wedding for us, the marriage for us. But also, like, can we make this happen sooner? Because I really want to have my fiance's last name. Mm-hmm. Right. And that is its own separate thing that. Like, let's say one day he wanted to have a threesome with somebody else that, that not to say that he does, right? But like, let's say if that happened, right? Like that, that, that isn't necessarily a comment on the commitment he has to me. Very often it can be, right? Like very often signs are signs but like i think where people yeah. mess up is that they think that uh um cheating i in my mind it depends on your arrangement so like my yeah. wife and i agreed that like infidelity is a deal breaker for both of us yeah. so you know she's the only person that i've seen in the last five years as of 10 days ago and i'm the only person that she's seen five years as of 10 days ago and we're gonna be celebrating our one-year marriage anniversary in november um that's our deal Um, that's awesome by the way thank you thank you um now some people may say like hey me and my wife go see people together um maybe i go do stuff but like i I think where the problem lies is that when people are dishonest about it so like if you go screwing around on your significant other when you are married and your agreement is that like hey it's close on my end close on your end then okay well that's that's infidelity that's yeah. wrong yes because you're, you're going against the agreements that you made already yes and i i also would go as far as and say like i i've done the open thing and now i'm in a, in a non-open thing right i'm in a closed thing the open thing is sometimes really hard in the sense of like you have to talk about stuff and talking about stuff is hard and 
how much do you care about doing the open stuff? And if like, I'm, I've never been the one to advertise it as being better. It just comes with different challenges, right? But I, I would say that the people that are like actively open or actively poly, I admire your ability to talk about stuff because I would not be able to talk about so many feelings and so many things. Mm -hmm. Well, in like my mind, when it comes to marriage, at least like if you're married, then I think it should be closed on your own, closed on yes. your own. It's like, yes. this is, this is a different thing than a relationship. Yes. Like if you have an open relationship. Okay. Whatever. If you want to go screw around, yeah. whatever. But like, you know, what, what's the purpose of a marriage if you're, not intimate with only one person like you yes. share that experience with one person one person only like that's well, once again that's in my mind the purpose of yeah. a marriage like if you're going to be running around you know on your wife to go screw other women not that i necessarily have like a moral problem with this like if yeah. you and the other person want to do that okay whatever that's your thing but like you know what why why get married yeah. then why not just call it an open relationship i mean tax benefits maybe but like i, I don't think that's like a good enough reason to you know pay for a wedding and all that and this is something that actually I changed my mind on. I changed my mind on the idea of marriage. You know, I, uh, I, I used to be very much of the mindset that I would like to have kids. I would like to have kids with somebody that would have, uh, I would have reasonable trust in to be present in our lives, no matter what our relationship is. But I, didn't believe in making a lifetime promise to somebody because so many things can go possibly horribly wrong right mm -hmm. like i thought about what if somebody stops loving me what if somebody's terrible to me what if we just don't make a promise for a lifetime mm -hmm. and we just if we like each other enough for long enough we'll have kids and we stop loving each other. I just hope you'll be in their lives, right? Mm -hmm. And then I met my fiance. And then something kicked in where you're like, well, why not make a promise for the rest of my life? Mm -hmm. Right? right? Yeah. Okay. And I think one thing that people kind of get messed up when it comes to this stuff is that they have this idea of a soulmate. And yeah. I, I know this kind of crushes a lot of people, but like, I think it's, it kind of goes back to like the nihilism point yeah. where like, if you believe in a soulmate, then you have to realize like the mental complacency you're making in your mm -hmm. head, because this person that you may meet will yeah. never meet up to that standard. Yeah. Now you could probably find somebody that you genuinely love and yeah. genuinely have good feelings for genuinely feel like you could spend the rest of your life with, but that person is not your soulmate. That's somebody that you just, that checked a lot of boxes off for you that you yeah. had in your mind already. Okay, well, nobody's perfect. So, you know, if you find somebody that checks off a bunch of those boxes and that's, you know, on the spectrum of like, I can't deal with this, I can deal with this. If they're yeah. real close to that, I can deal with this, yeah. then you could probably work your way into something very, very good. And I think it's where most people kind of need to have their mindset at before they go into a long term relationship and also spend some time with that person and realize, like, I see them through good, bad, and ugly, which I know almost sounds like a, a, a blue pill kind of thing but like yeah you know yeah. in their worst moments like are you willing to deal with that if so okay or you know in for me one big thing was like is this person willing to improve well yeah. 
people can improve if they want to work on stuff. And that's very admirable in people as well. And that's what I look for in, you know, long-term partners. So I, I try to never give like anecdotal advice just because like yeah. my story, I feel is very, very, very rare. But Mine I really too. Like, I think I, mine I, has I angered like my friends. <laughs> Let's see. What do you say? Uh, Chesterton's furnace seems to be informative insight given the widely acknowledged or Chesterton's fence, I'm sorry, seems to be informative insight given the widely acknowledged <laughs> right. failure of long pair bonding strategies from both male and female perspectives. Interesting. That is my fiance comment. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Well, we've been going for close to an hour yeah. now. I've really, really enjoyed this, Ross Birdie, and you have an open invitation anytime you want to come Thank back. Thank you. Um, go ahead. If you don't got anything else, um, mention anything you got. Um, plug away if you want, and uh, let everybody know where they can find you. I am at Earth Birdian on the Twatters um that's about it um thank you for having me on kyle i hope i made sense at least 20 percent of the time i uh, that's that's my aim and um yeah that's it hope you guys have a good night thank you for putting up with me and bye no, it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, everyone make sure you go follow her because I enjoy talking to Roth Birding on Twitter. And uh, I, I know she has some spicy takes as well. Mm -hmm. And we'll uh, boost my spicy takes every here and there as well. Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, one more time. Thank you so much. Make sure you go to the links below to follow her and find everything I got going on. And until next time, everybody, take care. Bye. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.